Welcome to the Make Light Show, the podcast that's all about curating meaning and joy in a light-filled life and part of the Life Listened Podcast Network. I'm Karen Walrent, photographer, storyteller, and author of The Beauty of Different, Observations of a Confident Misfit. Join me as I speak with light seekers and light makers from around the world, learning all about how they live with intention and a sense of adventure. It's proof that positivity, creativity, and kindness make the world go round. Laura Mays is a public relations dynamo with the superpowers of connecting people and amplifying their amazing work. She's best known for being the co-founder of the Mom 2.0 Summit, one of my favorite entrepreneur-focused conferences for folks who create content online. She also happens to be one of my best friends in real life, so it's a joy to have her be my final guest on this season of the Make Light Show. So join us as we talk about connection, the future of social media, and how growing up with Sesame Street shaped her worldview. I am so glad you're here. Me too. <laughs> this is so fun. I have, I, you and I have, you're like, you're one of my very best friends in life. So this is like such a joy for me. But for people who don't know who you are, you are a writer, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, and a co-founder of the Mom2 Summit, which is, let me read, the premier professional conference and gathering of influencers who create content online and in, on air in parenting entertainment, food, politics, business, marketing, technology, social change, travel, and design. You are basically a rock star. Well, I don't (laughs) know. I'm not a rock star, but I wish I were. That's like next life stuff, right? Well, that might be the next thing because you've sort of done everything at this point. You've done so much. And like you and I have talked about this and I want to tell this story because you've talked and I've talked about how your superpowers are connecting and amplifying people. And I kind of want to show the story of how we met, because I think it's so unusual, even though you don't. So I, it's not unusual for me. I, it's not unusual for Take you. Take it off. So, so <laughs> I was in Trinidad doing my little blogging, mommy blogging thing. And we moved back to Houston and you had been following my blog. Yeah, because it was amazing well, and awesome and beautiful and incredible well, and inspiring. So, well, yes, I did follow that every well, day. You follow the blog. It's, it's hard not to take pretty pictures because I was living in the Caribbean and it's kind of hard to shoot a bad picture in the Caribbean. So I don't know. I, I could maybe do that. <laughs> I could show you how to do that if you need it. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. So I moved back to Houston and I get this email. This is back when it wasn't sort of weird to get emails from people who followed your blog. OK, first of all, we follow blogs this was not facebook or anything else that's how long ago this was right yeah facebook was only on college campuses exactly on, on, and probably only on one college campus at the time right yeah like, it, it, was, it was on college campus <laughs> harvard it was harvard it was at harvard that's basically it and you emailed me and the yep. email was like i don't know it was like three sentences long and it was like hi i'm laura mays i follow your blog welcome to houston let's have coffee because we should be friends it was like <laughs> <laughs> and that was like sort of it and weirdly enough that didn't seem that weird i was like cool let's be friends and and you were like i want to help you like i remember you said that and the reason that i bring this up is because you say that to a lot of people like my experience is not that unique with you like i would talk to mutual friends and they're like yeah that's what she did to me too she emailed me and said let's be friends i want to help you it sounds creepy when you say it like yeah yeah yes is my point but it didn't it didn't i guess it's you know it's all about intention it didn't seem creepy at the time to put it in context like this was back when you read people's 
blogs are you feeling defensive no 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 no. i'm not because like what's so funny is i actually have um the domain we should be friends.com that i'm just like waiting and it no james mays bought it years ago so i say i have it i don't really have it he has it but right james is your husband exactly he has he bought that and i'm like oh because he's the same way he's the total same way so um, you know what i'm calling foul on that i have never heard anybody say that about your husband lovely though he is i have never but i've heard multiple people say that you said we should be friends to them like that is yeah i still have that domain i'm like waiting for the right thing that that will be okay so to make my point gentle listeners to make my point this Mm -hmm. woman says it often enough that her husband was like no we gotta own that (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna own that we should be friends that's our thing i need a t-shirt that just says we should be friends i would wear it every day you could wear it at south by you live in austin you could just walk around south by (laughs) you know i grew up in a small town in texas and i grew up watching sesame street and um free to be you and me and i just kind of think we should all be friends <laughs> i love that and well it is your most endearing quality and and the thing about it is like when i met you you were vice president at a pr agency that's right so like you kind of like when did you figure this out like this was your thing was sort of amplifying and connecting because i know like you have such a weird life right but i know that at one point you were a school teacher Yep. Right. And then somehow you found yourself in this PR agency. So like, yep. how did you figure out that, you know what, PR is kind of a thing? This is interesting. I think I figured it out like about six months ago. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Keep in mind, we is, met and we met in what, 2006? Yeah. <laughs> 12 years something ago. Like that. Okay. Yeah. But no, I um, I went at college, I kind of stumbled in. I didn't, I was an undeclared major for quite a long time. And then my junior year, I guess I declared three majors because I still couldn't really decide, but they were all related. It was English literature, Shakespearean literature and professional writing. Oh, and which is, you know, Shakespearean literature major, super helpful in real life. Like I use it all the time. Um, not <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Just in case you were, in case you weren't sure. Um, but anyway, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated from college. But I had been in school my whole life, as you know, most people are. And so I was like, well, I, I've seen people teach for the last. 16 18 years like mm. i know that gig like i know how to right. do it i've <laughs> right. seen people do that for every day so i'll just teach for a year and or i don't even said it didn't say a year i was like i'll just teach i know how i know how to do that because i've right. watched people do it um so i didn't have an education degree but i got a job at a private school because they would hire people then and um i got a job in austin teaching english literature to seventh seventh and eighth graders and i Ooh, made tough fifth, crowd yeah i mean like it was it was the crappiest job ever i made, <laughs> i made i mean it really was just like oh if that person wants this job they can have it i made fifteen thousand dollars a year no benefits oh my god and i thought i am rich yeah this yeah. i was like oh my god there's so much i have money to pay the rent i'm so happy right right so i did that for a couple of years and then realized i didn't and i taught high schoolers the next year in houston i moved to houston and um i realized i missed writing mm. um i don't really consider myself a right i mean i i know how to write i think i feel like writers are people who wake up in the morning and they're like i have to write i have to write i yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. know what i need to write about but i have to write i don't 
feel that way. Um, so I, and I think we have friends who are like real writers and I'm, I'm a writer, but I don't wake up yearning to write. Yeah. I'm going to argue um, with that. I'm going to argue about that in a minute, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have the skill of writing. Um, and so I, but I miss doing that. So I, um, back, this is like a million years ago, it was 1994 mm-hmm. and I, um, put out also I need you know I was making no money teaching um so I needed some extra cash so I um went to the yellow pages because oh, that was this was this is pre-internet right <laughs> so I went legit pulled out the the yellow pages and sent resumes to anyone who hired writers which was I I only knew people I was like who hires writers and people were like uh law firms mm-hmm. and ad agencies and um under ad agencies and marketing agencies was PR. I didn't know what PR was yep. at all. Never heard yep. of it before, but there were a couple of PR agencies and I sent them a resume and I got a summer job with one of them and I loved it. Um, but in the interview, they were like, can you write a press release? And I was like, heck yeah. And I was like, I don't <laughs> even know. This what a, morning. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what a press release was, but I was like, I just feel like if you have the skill of writing, you're like, yeah, just show me, show it to me. Right. And I can, do that format. So, um, that's how I got into PR. And then I did that for like ever. I don't know. I did. And what's cool about PR or I don't know what PR is anymore. Cause it's changed. It changes every year, but what was cool back then. And I think is still the same is it's a very malleable profession. It's a very, mm. it's, there's a big nebulous cloud that is PR and PR can be writing white papers or it could be writing press releases or it could be throwing events or it could be it's basically creative communication right it's just you're creatively communicating a message and that was interesting to me because it was different every day yeah so here's the thing right like you say that you're not a writer fine whatever um she's a writer no i can write i can write but i'm not like a writer okay let me tell you (laughs) let me tell y'all see we go we go we go fight on this show This is the thing when you do a, pod, a podcast. I'm like, neither one of us are on our best behavior. At exactly. This point. <laughs> exactly. With your friends. With, it never with works your out. friends. Yeah. Here's what. Here's why we gonna fight. All right. And y'all, y'all can decide whether who's right. But girlfriend says that she ain't a writer, but somehow she won an Emmy for her writing. So come on now. I know. That's the cool thing. I no, I can write. I can write. I feel like I'm more of a creative communicator. Well, you're, and a, you're a storyteller. Case, and that's that to me, I would actually say that that's your other superpower is that you're a, yeah. you're a storyteller, which is yeah. what you want an Emmy for. You actually won an Emmy telling the story. Was it of, was it veterans or the enlisted? It had something to do with the military, it was, right? It was the year of the military family. And here's the thing. Oh, I was right. super lucky enough. I worked for... Um, a company called um, Marion Montgomery, MMI at the time. And um, they had a lot of really cool clients. And one of them was, um, well, it was the Department of the Defense with a, um, but really their main client was a a health insurance company that that supported military families. Mm -hmm. And that's, it was super cool for me. I'm a total pacifist, (laughs) big time. Um, But it was, it was a great, um, experience for me to get to work for them and to work with military families and yeah. really get to know a lot more about military families and what their experiences in the world. And it, it's, it's, man, that's God's work, what, what military families do. So um, it was really cool to support them. And that was the, the project was a, a, um, 
a public service campaign at, in, um, er, urging people to support military families, to hire a military spouse, to sit with a veteran neighbor, to just mm. connect with humans mm. connecting with military families and supporting them in different ways. So that was the the cool project that I got to work on. And because I, it was connection and amplification, which is your thing. Awesome. And you won, you won an Emmy. Okay, and here's another thing, because I'm going to fight with her for the entire time. Here's the other thing about Laura Bays. Like, I must have known you a decade before I found out that you had won this Emmy, right? Because, like, I, I, think, I think I was reading the, the book that you edited, right? Um, yeah. And it, the bio at the, on the back of this book was, you know, Emmy award-winning... Um, writer like Laura Mays and I was like what what you mean Emmy like like, like the Emmy and you're like yeah <laughs> yeah I got one like do you even know where your Emmy is like do you no, have an Emmy? <laughs> no I didn't even get the Emmy I didn't get the I didn't pay for the statue because you have to pay um, <laughs> you, pay for the I, statue? you do well you get one and we give I mean I was like, uh, it was a big it was like team. A team. Yeah, okay. It was a team effort right 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 and I was the writer on the team like I but I did get a plaque yeah. And I did get like a very detailed letter from them about how I can use the words and when I can say I'm an Emmy winning writer and when I cannot. I mean, there's a lot of rules around right, it, actually, right. which is appropriate. Um, so it, it it was cool. I didn't I actually didn't even go to the ceremony. It was in New York because um, I had a tiny baby at the time. Right, and right. so I was at home with him. So. I love that. Anyway. I love this story. So w- wait, you had a tiny baby. So did you get this Emmy after we met? Yeah. Well, oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about oh, right. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We re- we really in a fight now. All right. <laughs> oh my god. That's funny. All right. So so okay. So clearly this is your thing, and you're you've got this wonderful job. You, when I met you, you were vice president at MMI and you were that's right you were up you apparently soon after i met you won an emmy so you're like <laughs> clearly did you hear the biting the biting tone in that <laughs> i know you're gonna you're gonna i'm gonna get it next time i see you it's all so, it, it is but then okay then on day you go i'm gonna start a conference right so you started the mom 20 summit and this year is 10 years so i need to know like why like why did why did you do that what what was the impetus behind it and what kind of was your goal when you did it? Well, on a, on a kind of big picture macro lev- level answer to that question is when I was in college, there was a girl who's a couple years older than me who I thought was super cool. And um, she said that she was, she tried to do something new every year. Right. That was her goal. I mean, we were like 18 or whatever. And so I just was like, that's a really good idea. I think I too will start something new every year. <laughs> so really throughout my life since then, I've been like, yeah, I'm going to do one new cool project a year. Yep. And sometimes it turns into like three new cool projects a year, unfortunately, when that's when I lose my mind. But, um, <laughs> but in this case, it was like, um, I've been to a lot of professional conferences as a marketer or advertise like writing in the advertising industry marketing industry pr industry i'd been to a lot of professional conferences and then um i went to a a blogging conference which actually is the first time i met you i don't know if you remember that it was in new york and was a a smaller conference um about the business of blogging and um i think you hadn't even yeah 
You so the, fr- the only moved. time, no, because the only conference that I went to, blogging conference, so I, I assume we're talking about BlogHer, which was sort of the standard bearer of, of conferences yep. at the time. Yeah, um, it was BlogHer Business. Yeah, okay. Do you remember that? But here's the thing, though, Laura. No, I, you know, because I went to, when I was living in Trinidad, I went to the San Jose conference. No, I flew in for that. that. And then right after that, that, I moved back to Houston, I thought. I, you met me in New York? Well, no, maybe I didn't. Maybe I'd already met you. I don't remember straight up. I just remember meeting you at Cafe Brazil. Yeah, maybe I'd already met you. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, but anyway, or maybe you weren't even there. This is where it gets fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> You're, if I felt like this is this is the, this is where it gets fuzzy. You can edit this out. But um, the um, so I went to that and I was like. Oh, I don't know. I really didn't think about anything. I was just, I was thinking that there, no, I didn't think about anything. Long story (laughs) short, a guy named Dwight Silverman, who was the um, technology editor at the Houston Chronicle for years and years, he reached out to me one day and said, hey, um, do you know some, we need some lady bloggers to come to the Houston Technology Center to meet with some of our advertisers. Do you know any, you know, I know you know some lady bloggers. Can you get some there? <laughs> and this was like legit. This is what he said. So it was, um, it was, Twitter had just come out. In fact, Dwight Silverman is the person who was like, you got to get on Twitter, like very early on. I think there were like seven people on Twitter at the time. <laughs> and, um, And so I put it out on Twitter, like, hey, who in Houston would want to come to the Houston Technology Center um, for an afternoon? And um, a bunch of people responded. We were like, it was a, we were, I was like, to talk with advertisers about blogging. And at the time, there were a lot of, no, there was a lot of, well, or people were just starting to do that, just starting to do that. Yeah. We're just getting in the space. And um, a lot of people responded. And like the next week I had lunch with Carrie Pacini, a woman who lived in Houston, mm-hmm. who I had met at a um, Jenny Lawson and I had done a meetup for people who were on Twitter called uh, Mama Drama Con Queso. Oh, that's right. Do you Wait, remember that? I totally remember that. So Jenny, for everybody, Jenny Lawson, as if you don't, I mean, I feel kind of silly even explaining this because Jenny is huge. She's writes a, she writes a blog called The, the Blogash. She's got... I don't know, three or four New York Times bestselling books at this point. Um, really, it's about her life and dealing with mental illness and um, and anxiety. But it but she's hella funny. Like, she's so, mm-hmm. so funny. And she was kind of like one, she was one of your closest friends for sure. And Houston remains a very close friend of yours. But yep. you guys were kind of like joined at the hip for a while there. I yeah. remember you didn't see one unless you saw the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Mama Drama Don Queso. And it was at a Mexican restaurant, wasn't it? It was at a Mexican restaurant. We had, um, it was just a meetup. It was like a Twitter yeah. meetup, um, a tweet up, a tweet as up. they were called back then, <laughs> if you recall. And so... Um, we were like, she was writing for the Chronicle at the time, writing a blog for the Chronicle. And I was like, let's get it. Let's, I think it was her idea straight up to do it. And so we, and it was called mom. Was it called mama drama? It was called, the blog was called mama drama. And the yep. blog that I had was called blog con queso. So right. we had mama drama con queso tweet up. I mean, how dorky is that? <laughs> oh, and that we, it, and people came anyway, I met Carrie there Okay. and we had, we were like, let's get together and have lunch. And I think she, 
instigated it. And we um, met the next week and we started talking about, I was like, yeah, I put it out on Twitter that, and all these people responded that they wanted to come to this, this mm. meetup for, um, and we just done the very successful Mama Drama Con Queso meetup. <laughs> so it's a joke. At the Mexican so, restaurant. At the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and so, um, I was like, we should do this. And Carrie was like, I want to, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, and she knows a ton about putting on events and the mm. architecture of putting on events. So it was great. So we, we did it the first year, really just to have a bigger, fun. to have a bigger yeah. tweet up. Yeah. To have a bigger tweet up. And also because, I mean, there really was at the time, um, the mom blogging, which is the origin of it, was such a like sacred space yeah. that we were talking about earlier. It really was very beautiful, very um, incredibly honest writings and beautiful photography. And people were really throwing their souls into it. And um, it was it was a sacred space. And um, when marketers found that and saw the potential there to tell stories um, and communicate key messages, they, um, they, some of them, like, I would liken it to like running into a cocktail party and just screaming. That's how it <laughs> felt a little bit at the beginning. Like some, some marketers did it well, some did not. And right. so we were like, let's have a conversation between moms, marketers, and media to know what this could be because this could be a cool thing yeah but it has to you know let's well, have some some sanity to well it. and it has been a cool thing because you had this you had it at the was it the four seasons the here four in houston, seasons in which houston. was very lovely it was a beautiful yep. conference and i mean people took to it because it's 10 years later and it's now i would argue like the conference to go to if you are a woman entrepreneur who who heavily uses social media. I would yeah. say that, that you are the place to be, which is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. tell everybody where it is this year. This year it is in L or Pasadena in LA and that the Huntington, the Langham Huntington Pasadena which, in a few weeks. If you've ever guys, if there's ever a chance for you to go, I, I suspect it's sold out, right? Cause it we're is only sold a few out this year. Yeah. It but if, in the future, year. if you could ever get to one of these mom two conferences, <laughs> they are fantastic. And I think the reason that it, that it is so good is first of all, the um the speakers are really really smart and i'm just not just saying that because i've spoken but <laughs> but the speakers you tend to get really really smart speakers you talk about smart things you talk about topical things right like you mm -hmm. you know before like what, what did you tell me yesterday like one of the breakout sessions 10 years ago was what was the name of it about twitter oh my god i found <laughs> our first one and first of all the conference has an amazing team behind it and and especially carrie Pacini, my business partner is like the master at yeah. throwing events. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's a, be it's a beautiful event. Um, sure. But we found the, um, this is going to make it sound janky, but like, <laughs> please, it was like, this was 10 years ago. This is a decade this ago. Is 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I, I found the program, which was beautiful and opened it up. And one of the round table sessions was titled Twitter colon. What even is it? <laughs> I love that so much. But... Well, I mean, what a different world, right? right? Like, that's that's thing, like, like Twitter was like five minutes old. But since then, like you guys have um, tackled social justice. You've raised money for Haiti when the er when the earthquake happened. Like you got you have amazing speakers and you know some of the yeah. like like amazing celebrities come and be a yeah. part of it. Um, yeah, you've had... our first our first 
keynote was you interviewing Guy Kawasaki. And speaking of Twitter, it did trend on Twitter worldwide yeah. that first year <laughs> that your, first during your keynote. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. so awesome. And Brene Brown actually spoke in, in one, I think the very first one as well, right? The, the very first one. Yes. Yeah. She spoke on a panel about publishing. Yeah, amazing, right? So, and she had, and she hadn't even had the breakout success at the time, yet, no, right? No, like, no, no. She yeah. actually talked about self publishing. Isn't that great? And, and now, her and now look at her transition with that. I know. Yeah. Yes. I know. So it's it's amazing, and a lot of really beautiful things sort of begin um, begin. I think at Mom Two O. There's been a lot of stuff that I know for me personally, a lot of amazing relationships. I have a great relationship with the Dove with Dove. Um, uh, mm-hmm. because of and that was purely because of mom too like so much I, I have an amazing relationship with the one campaign because I met people at at, at mom too oh so it's it is you I mean that's your thing connection amplify right it's, that's your that's your thing and you do it's an awesome event because of the people in the room yeah. like there are awesome people in the room the and amen. it's it's really cool to have that and that was really the intention to beginning was like let's get the coolest, smartest people in the room to talk about something. Yeah. Good stuff's going to happen no matter what, when you have the right people in the room. So. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to say, and I th- this is actually going to segue into my next um, conversation. The other thing about this conference that I think is, is somewhat unusual when you think of get it, gathering a bunch of people who are online in a room mm-hmm. that not so unusual back 10 years ago, but maybe would be unusual considered usual now is it's an incredibly kind conference. Like people really celebrate each other at this conference. Mm-hmm. And that and the reason I say that that's unusual is because when you think of social media or you think of conversations online, 10 years ago when we were all just sort of writing our stories about parenting, right, which is kind of where it all started, um, it social media, which at that time was pretty much blogging because Twitter, what even is that? Um, <laughs> Right. Like back then it was mostly that, but it, it was very, very connecting. But now we have all of these, you know, we've got, you know, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Snapchat, we have like Facebook, we have all of these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And they feel in a lot of ways like they're very divisive. And I, you know, guilty as charged. Like, I, you know, I tend I don't I'm not a sniper on on social media. I never have been. But but I curate my my feed so that it's positive for me right because because i yeah. can't deal with it but it's really tight so i'd be really interesting like you've been actually in the trenches right with all of this stuff you as part of your job have had to stay up on all the different social media and kind of you know understand what people are tapping into and how they're using it how hopeful are you as a you know a connector and an amplifier extraordinaire like how hopeful are you that social media can continue to connect and continue to amplify as opposed to divide because I really, and this is an honest conversation that like you, you and I have not really talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I am um, tend to be very pessimistic, but um, I'd love to hear your thoughts because you, you study this more than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm super hopeful. Actually. Are you? Yeah, I am because um, I think anything that has the ability to connect people is a force for good. It's, it can also mm. be, I mean, there's two sides to every coin. But, um, you know, I, I think that there will always, it's just like anything. It's just like a phone. It's just like a, you know, mm. any kind of communications method that we've had letters back in the day, right. <laughs> carrier pigeons, like whatever it is <laughs> that, that we as humans are using as a instrument to facilitate communication also has the opportunity to break down communication. It, it's just Anything has the 
the possibility and the potential to be a force for good or a force for crap, you know? So, um, and I mean, it's been a tough couple of years, legit. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's, it's not an awesome world we live in sometimes. (laughs) And so all a communications tool is, is a reflection of what is actually happening in the world. And it's a way for people, it's a, it's a short hand version for people to connect on that. So it just, this, this, this one, this, this medium happens to connect, has a lot of, I mean, it has the power to connect a lot of people in a very short amount of time. I mean, that was what was so cool about it initially was like, oh my God, if you hit publish, you're a published author. Right. You can publish. I mean, it's just this awesome democratization of it. Like what if our grandmothers had it? Like I would die to read about something my grandmother thought and had well, you, the idea to publish. And so, you know, what? And, I, 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 just a point to that before you go on. One of the things before we actually, you know, started recording, I told you that I'll be speaking at the Irma Bombeck Writers Conference and I've spoken yep. there for several years. And I, every time I go, I feel like Irma Bombeck was kind of the precursor to the mommy blogging right and i yeah. hate that phrase with such a yeah. passion but yeah the blogging it's, that we it's were pejorative doing, it, it's, it's pejorative, pejorative so. but but that's what irma bombay did it's just that they didn't have blogs they had columns right and papers right. about writing with humor and writing about right. that and it was very connecting anyway go ahead so yeah for sure the, the democratization was incredibly powerful yeah and i mean here's what there's always going to be you know darkness and anger and fear and frustration and people who get real sucked into all those things and who are who lead with those things that's going to be out there it's and it's just a faster way for them to communicate their anger fear frustration negativity whatever but i mean we're like the silver lining squad over here and so <laughs> i you know what i mean if it, if i can if there is something that is in your, I mean, one of the ways I found you initially is through your Love Thursday mm. movement. And also, like, that's how I met Laurie Smithwick, which is how I found Gabby Blair, which right. is how, you know, I mean, so many people that I have who have become like formative in my internet life and then also like my IRL. BFFs. So it, how was that? Was Very, that cool? That was really yeah, that's cool. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of letters. That's a lot of letters. Was, you must work yeah. in social media. <laughs> Ironically, I do. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. It, I'm just like, oh no, this is amazing. I can't ever knock on something that helped me find so many cool people and helped me connect with so many people, cool people and gave me, um, the platform and the opportunity to connect and spread goodness and light out in the world. That sounds super cheesy, but it, it really is. I mean, of course it's been a hard time on the, like the last couple of years have been hard on the internet. Laurie White, who is our champion of community and community director and like the best human, she Mm -hmm. has been like, front lines on all of it. And so I I know it's been, and I mean, we all have, it's been tough, Mm -hmm. but it's also been really good. I mean, it's really stretches you when you, it, I feel like I'm a better human for having read a lot of things that people have said, the negatives and the positives, like really um, Mm -hmm. wrestled with some of those things in myself. It's, it's made me, um, understand intersectionality that I didn't know a few years ago. It, mm. you know, uh, like we talked about like, 
I f- first heard about the Me Too movement years ago from mm. from you and Kelly Wickham, the mm. two people who told me about that in like 2011 or 2012. Mm. I mean, so these are things that it's given. It's just opened my mind. It's opened my heart. It's and I think it has all of us, but it's also sucked at the same. I mean, you kind of <laughs> just have, it's just like life. You just kind of have to move through it and and be as positive as you can. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of these, this medium, these media, media that we have now, right. That, you know, that we can use and that has been democratized, like people are going to use it however they want. Right. For sure. But for someone who, so here's the thing, right. Like one of the things that I've been feeling very passionate about in the last year are the, is this idea that we all, each of us, have sort of a responsibility to help make the world a better place because frankly i don't think we can rely on leaders and um, no. of, of corporate america or leaders of governments to do that for us and I, and that naively i think i believed that that i believe that you know you voted the people into office who were good and they were going to be the ones who would lead us to goodness or the people who rose through corporations were going to be the good people right and and they right. would lead the corporate you know the corporation to a sort of a moral, a moral future, right? A, a future of ethic. And I, you this, also were raised on free to be you and me. Yeah, I was <laughs> in Sesame Street. With exactly. all these Gen X people, we we're like, be, it's going to be fine. We should be Everyone friends. is good. We should be friends. We should be friends. Absolutely. And it's only probably in the last couple of years that I've been like, oh, oh, hell no, no, we need to do this. But I also believe that we are living in a in a time of, of unprecedented power when it comes to media, because um, as yeah. our mutual friend Jess Wiener says, um, we are all the CEOs of our own media empires now because of our access to social media. So long backstory to ask you the following question. As somebody who connects and amplifies and generally sees the good in, the, and, um, in these media and wants to use them for good, what's your advice to somebody who maybe is just now getting there you know, their social media accounts and they're just now starting to do this, maybe don't make a living online, but are sort of wanting to dabble in social media. Maybe the only thing they've ever used is Facebook and they're really sick and tired of fighting with Aunt Jane about politics on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you suggest people think about it in order to connect and amplify somebody who's just sort of, or even just wants to change the way they've been using it, where it's more about connection and amplify? What would be your advice? Well, first of all, I mean, I feel like who is just getting an email? <laughs> who is just getting social media accounts? I mean, 10 year olds, I don't even know. Uh, like I, my I mom <laughs> has my mom. I actually, I need to get my mom off social media. That's another, that's a whole nother thing. But, um, but I, I guess what you're saying is like, if someone is like moving into, if they're wanting to like to harness move in it. to do this. Yeah. 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 Um, because there's hobbyists and then there's people who who do Use this for a living. There's yeah. also people who just, you know, are trying have are passionate about something or trying to. And that's the thing. Right? Somebody who's, who maybe wants something. to start doing, yeah. using it to 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 do something and, and not devolve into like, for example, I don't know. Let's just say I'm against. Let's just say I'm against um, stray dogs in my town. Right. Like I need right. to figure out like in a way that you can connect and amplify about your cause without devolving into. Yeah. Don't read the or... comments. That's my <laughs> Don't read the comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think you just have to, it's just like anything in life. You have to be, 
very, um, or you have to pretend to be or make a practice of being. There you go. I like that better. <laughs> very, um, or intentional. You just yeah. be super intentional about being true to yourself, true to your message, true to your calling. You know, it's almost like when, this is a weird analogy, but it popped in my head. A few, you know, when I got married, someone said, write down five things you definitely want to have at your wedding and then just stay true to those five things. Yeah. Because a million other things come up all the time. So if there's something, and then you can always go back and look like, does this go back to those five things? Does right. this, like, I want to do this, what I want to communicate this, or I want to um, start in, it goes to anything. It could be like starting a new project. Right. As someone who starts creative projects all the time. <laughs> Um, I mean, with mom too, even we're like, it's a conversation between moms, marketers and media, right? If it does anything other than that, then it doesn't serve that conversation. Right. So, <clears throat> and there's other things too, but we get, you go through and you kind of have your mission statement or your uh, mission statements too intense for me that overwhelms me. So like a bullet point list of five things that I super want to do. Yeah. And if a project veers off from that or doesn't stay true to those things, then it, then then don't do that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like what you're talking about is being very clear with intention and just constantly referring back yeah. to that intention. And I think yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like running. I mean, the, the internet is insane. So <laughs> you can, I mean, there's so much there. It's like the biggest circus or the yeah. biggest city or the most in, intense flashing of lights and cameras that you've ever seen. I mean, there's just so much happening yep. all the time. It's an 80,000 million ring circus. Yep. So you can get lost in that and you can get sucked into things that feel crappy. And you, I mean, you really have to hold, hold on to your truth and what's important to you, like really curate your feed, mm -hmm. really guard your brain about what you're taking in like, I'm like you, I only follow super positive people. Yeah. And if I need to, I mean, the negative's going to find me. And so <laughs> I don't need to be seeking it out. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. All right. I love that. Okay. We're going to move on to our bullet round now. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to ask you a series of questions and you are just going to pick the answer that comes most immediately to mind. Okay. okay? Easy peasy. So first one, coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Okay. Yes. I know that about you. Mm -hmm. Um, Storytelling or amplification? Ooh, you I can't know. have one without the other, man. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to say storytelling because it starts there. Okay. Oh, I love that. Okay. It's a chicken egg thing. All right. Now, when I met you, you lived in Houston. Mm -hmm. um, and then you moved to a small town. And now you live in a big city again. You live in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, but you also have connections to small towns. So I'm going to ask you, countryside or city? City. Really? Mm -hmm. I love, I love my small towns. I love where I grew up. I love where we're, where we've lived where, for a number of years, but I'm a city person. Are you? Yeah. yeah but I you am. know, you, you moved to the small town and you went from saying pink and green to pink and grain. I know. And that was very charming. Like I, and, yeah. and, and you had a big garden. Like you were like, you were turning into a steel magnolia before my very eyes. Yeah. I could go both ways. <laughs> For sure. I, I love For that. For sure. And I grew up in a small town. I mean, yeah, give me a couple beers. You'll hear my <laughs> my accent come out real fast. Which I love. I love it. Okay. Um, fame or fortune? 
fortune. Yeah, you and Please. I have had that conversation. I do not want fame. I do not want fame. <laughs> you and I have had that conversation for sure. Okay, your biggest famous role model. So you're not allowed to say your mom or your sister or somebody like somebody who's like wildly famous. At oh, living man. or dead. Um, Anne Lamott. Tell me why. Um, she is one of the first people I remember, maybe the first memoirist I ever read. Mm -hmm. And I just loved her truth. Like she just spoke her truth. And even if it didn't feel comfortable for some people, she just was like very much herself and very comfortable with being very much herself or seemingly same seemed to be. And I was in high school when I first read her and I was very drawn to that and impressed with that and still seems to be the same. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and I'm going to ask you this question (laughs) and I know there's, I know you're going to say something. I'm afraid of what you're going to say because you do this all the time, but the question is something someone would be surprised to learn about you. Oh God. There's so many things. There are so many things. (laughs) Oh my God. There are so many things. So many which can't even be spoken. Um, There are so many because every time I talk to you, I find something out. Like the fact that you won an Emmy after I knew you. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So something someone would be surprised. You got to come with something. I was on a jury for nine months. I was Chisholm Trail Roundup Queen. I you can um, you can you can twirl fire batons. I can twirl tire fire batons. Yeah. <laughs> you you know you your first concert was Elvis Presley? My first concert was Elvis Presley. You have been in a coma? Uh, yeah, I was almost killed by a drunk driver. That was a good that was a good week. Um you can yeah, sing. That was one that I found out that I had no idea you could do and you can yeah, sing. I wrote yeah. a Christian a Christian music in the 90s. You officially um, have way more than anybody on my show has ever. <laughs> so and it's funny because I ask that question a lot. I like to ask it to a bunch of different people. But like mm-hmm. when I saw it, you know, because I have a list of questions and I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, let's see if they comes up with anything. Because <laughs> every time I meet you, I find something else new about you. So I love that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just old, so I've done a lot. I've been yeah. around a lot. No, it's one of those things. You're like, I'm, I'll do something new every year. I've yeah. done some weird stuff, man. Do, do me a favor. You, yeah. You've crossed coma off, so don't do that again, yeah. please. Yeah, like, I, yeah. It's, over, that... it's overrated. I'll tell you. <laughs> Thank when you. You're, when you're 29 years old and you have to move back in with your parents because oh, you can't, my... like, function, oh, don't do that. Yeah, I don't, that's I good don't advice. recommend it. Good life advice. I do advice. not recommend that. Oh my yeah. God, you're so crazy. All right, and the last <laughs> two questions are questions that Alex makes me ask everybody. So I, Pandora. I like or... that Alex is is bossing <laughs> you around. <laughs> that's well, well documented now. That's that's motherhood, right? So, yeah, right. Uh, so Pandora or Spotify? Spotify. And Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Insta. Awesome. And my yeah. final question, what does it mean to thrive? to be yourself i love that laura mays you're just my sweetest wonderful fantastic (laughs) angel friend i love you (laughs) please 
just move next door to me. Yeah, I know. That you, would be so good. That, oh, that, that, no, that would be so bad. I like, still have, like, I God, God put distance between us for a I reason. I know, but I have a good garden, and you could come <laughs> over, and I could make you salsa. <gasps> Every day. Oh, I will think about it. That I sounds, know, that, that's the it. best thing you've ever said. Think thank, about it. Thank you for being part of the show, friend. Thank you. It's probably pretty obvious how fond I am of Laura and why I'm so fond of her. She has one of the most adventurous outlooks on life of anyone I know. To find out more about her, as well as more about the Mom 2.0 Summit, be sure to check out the show notes at themakelightshow.com. And if you're talking about today's episode on social media, don't forget to use hashtag Make Light Show so I can find you. I'm Karen Walrand, and this is the last episode of season two of the Make Light Show. I'll be taking a little break, but I'll be back in a few months with all new episodes. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Thrive on, friends. <laughs>